This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cindy Robinson. And I'm Caroline Gonzalez. And it is a very happy Friday, Caroline. Why is that? Because we're in the playoffs. I look, my voice is so terrible, <laughs> I couldn't even scream. You were screaming too much at the game the yeah, other night. Yeah, it was so exciting. Okay, so let's, let's be real. We're super excited right now for the Pels. They're in playoffs. It starts tomorrow. Yep, I'm excited. I don't know, like everyone in the office has been saying, you know, obviously this is our first year at this organization, and so both teams have made it to the playoffs now, and everyone's like, don't take it for for granted because it doesn't happen a lot, and it's so awesome to see the Pelicans go after such a great season. Um, it's just so cool. It was a very up-and-down season. Absolutely. And after coming off the Saints playoff season, it was a little like, Okay, let's brace ourselves. Right. Like, but I loved how the team came together. They even, especially after the whole boogie situation, they figured it out and they made it happen. And I'm so proud of them. Wishing them the best going into this first round. Right. I am actually very confident for them. I am too. I am too. Um, you know, they're coming off of five game win streaks, so we're going to touch on that a little bit today. We're also going to give you a little stat for stat. Um, of the. Uh, Portland versus the Pelicans, see how they match up. And we're also going to tell you something good because there are, there is a lot of good things to talk about about the Pelicans today. So we're excited for today's show, and thanks for joining us today. Of course, of course. Look, I'm saying it like I'm joining you. <laughs> but, okay, let's get into this stat for stat. Well, Cindy, good news because the Pelicans are on top, okay? I know. I saw that, too. I was so excited. I was like, look at that. It's just saying we're going we're gonna to get this. So I don't really think – so the seeding is important, yeah. but it's not everything because right. this the West was so tight this year. So tight. And so I don't think it matters as much what seeds they were, but I think stat for stat, the Pelicans match up very well with Portland. Right. So I do need to t- preface this with – for the first two games, so the their Portland and Pelicans have played four games total this season, mm-hmm. and they're two and two. But good news for Pelicans fans, AD did not play in the first two games that they played against Portland. He played for the first five minutes of the first game right. and then went out with an ankle sprain. And then in the second game, he was coming off of a pelvis injury that he had suffered against the Utah Jazz the game before, so that's good news. Granted, we did have DeMarcus Cousins during that time, but it's still good news because the Pelicans were able to hold their own for those two games, um, and they won one without without AD, and then they won another one, obviously. So, good things. It's all looking up, right? Right. Okay, so I, like you said, looking at the stats, it looks like we're on top. I kind of did some player versus player stat for stat. Okay. Looked up Dame Lillard because, you know, you can't talk Portland without talking Dame. Mm -hmm. He's obviously one of their top scorers. Someone you have to be concerned about when you're talking about this team and, you know, stopping this team. So Dame has averaged 26.9 points per game this year over the season. He's shooting 44%. Obviously, that's good. You know, he's very consistent. We know how strong of a player he is. 
on the flip side, and I I know they're not necessarily the matchup of players, but AD is our top scorer. So he's averaging 28.1 points per game, and he's at 53%. So I I like my odds there as far as who they have to shut down, Mm -hmm. you know, from our standpoint, and who we have to shut down from their standpoint. We also can't forget CJ McCollum, Mm -hmm. who is on his, he's right under name with 21.4 points per game. And shooting 44% as well. But then we have Drew Holiday, who is, what is it, uh, 19 points per game. But he's so consistent with 49% shooting. So we know we've seen Drew have some of his best games in the last few games that they've played. And he's stepping up and being a lot more aggressive. Right, I agree. I Tell me if you disagree with this. I think this series is going to come down to three things. I think it's going to come down to who can control the boards, because if you look at it, the Pelicans really need to box out against them. The Portland had um, Portland ranks top 10 in offensive rebounds. In the last matchup they had with the Pelicans, they had 17 offensive rebounds, which we know gives them 17 more opportunities to score the basketball. Right. Um, second thing they need to pay attention to is defense and keeping the guards contained. You just mentioned Dame and uh, C.J. McCollum. We also need to pay attention to Yusuf uh, Nurkic, yep. i got to say it right, yep. who's averaging his career best 14 uh, points and nine rebounds. Yes. But he's going against AD, who's averaging 28 points and 11 rebounds. So we need to contain them, right? So obviously we're not going to shut down CJ and Damian, but we can contain them. So I think if we can hold them under, I'm going to say 20 points for Dame and 15 points for CJ, I think we'll be doing our job. It definitely makes a difference because they are their main two scorers. They're basically the team. But Nurkic is, I do, I like you, I agree with you that I don't think he's a a matchup for AD like I don't think he'll be able to handle AD but in this in the event that he is you know giving AD problems down in the paint I think we need to definitely see our shooters you know step up and actually and that's what makes me excited about Miritich mm-hmm. because he's on a roll right now he's definitely got his confidence up he's scoring more he's taking great shots something we talked about before and obviously we already know He's shaving the beard. <laughs> right. Well, I think back to Yusuf and um, AD, I think AD does so well when he has someone down in the post who he can be competitive against. When yeah. he has to match up with someone down low who's going to challenge him, I think that's when he gets very competitive and he thrives. So I think that's going to be a cool matchup to see during this series, um, which me- leads me into the third thing that the Pelican- that this series is going to come down to, which I think is – the Pelicans doing their job on offense. You mentioned Nikola, you know, shooting so well. And, of course, he shaved his beard, which he's been, you know, doing great ever since then. We need to send him some razors in Portland. <laughs> but um, I think everyone doing their job on offense is going to be such an important thing for the Pelicans during this series. We need Rondo to limit his turnovers. We need Drew to attack the basket. We need AD to have his, you know, all-star performance every game. I think if everyone can do their job, we'll be great. Right. Well, tomorrow is the first game, Saturday. I hope everyone will be tuning in because we're going to need all the support we can get, obviously. First two games are in Portland. 
and then they will return to New Orleans to give us two games here at the Smoothie King Center. I don't know about you, Cindy, but I'm already looking forward to my Saturday nap. I've planned out my brunch around 11. I'm going to probably eat, you know, another meal around like 3 or 4, and then I'm going to nap from 4 to 6 or 7, and then I'm going to wake up and watch the Pelicans game at 9.30. Right, yeah, you have to be ready to be a night owl for that, and luckily we don't have work the next day, so it's one of those, it's okay if I stay up late for Mm -hmm. once, because I got to cheer my team on and make sure that everything goes well. I've been enjoying tweeting during these games lately when we don't have to work them. Yep. So I'm excited to see how this first playoff game goes. I am too. I I think it's kind of important too that we – that we kind of get the first one mm-hmm. just to have that. Set the tone. You know, yeah. Even if we don't win out the two games there, I do think that first one is going to set the tone for the series for mm-hmm. sure. Well, do you have anything to tell – do you have anything <laughs> good to tell me today about the Pelicans? We made it to playoffs. No, I'm just kidding. Other than that. <laughs> other, I mean, of course, that is the best thing. The best thing. Well, I have some things that we can talk about. Well – First thing is that the Pelicans are the number six seed, which makes this season the first time since 2008 that the franchise has earned better than a seventh or eighth seed. That's a big deal. I don't know about you, but like when I think of the years, it doesn't kind of it doesn't feel like 2018 to me. Like when I think of 2000, I feel like that was like five years ago. But 2008 was 10 years ago, nine, 10 years ago, which is crazy to think that this is the first year that we're not a seventh or eighth seed. You know, that's such a long time and we've come such a long way and these guys are so deserving of it. I think that another something good that I'll throw out there is that we have a healthy squad right now. Right. Granted, there were some nicks and bruises, you know, leading up to those last final games of the regular season, but that last game, everybody was available to play. Everyone played. Everyone came out looking unscathed as far as we know. And... I think everyone's excited going into the playoffs because of that reason. You know, they're they're really having fun right now. Mm-hmm. And obviously no injuries are a fun thing. For all those people that tweeted the Pelican season is over when mm. DeMarcus Cousins mm. went down, mm. all I have to say is ye of little mm. faith in mm. the Pelicans, okay? Mm. We see you. We see you. <laughs> I mean, we accept bandwagon fans. Don't get it twisted. We appreciate all the support. But at the same time, we see you. We know where you are. We know who you are. Trust me. I think another thing that they're doing well is that they're moving on all cylinders right now. They're second in the NBA in field goal percentage, shooting 48%. If you look at Miritich, if, if, Miritich, if you look at Ian Clark, Etwan Moore, AD, everyone's shooting the ball at such a high percentage and everyone's confident in their shot. You know, ever since um, Nikola shaved his beard, you can see that confidence in him. He's not afraid to drive to the basket. He's not afraid to crash the boards. He's not afraid to take the three that's five foot five feet outside the three-point line you know he's confident and he's just ripping it I think when we're talking about confidence there I I'm really gonna go off of the fact that we're seeing confidence in all all the players right now right a lot of the ones where you kind of felt like they weren't key role players at the beginning of the season Mm -hmm. and they've stepped up major in that aspect Ian Clark Etwan Mm -hmm. Darius even and obviously Drew and Rondo, let's not forget Rondo. The assists, we're, we're third in the NBA in assists per game with twenty six point eight. That's because of Rondo, right? Right. That's because of, and I honestly think he's also encouraged the other players to 
give you know get he's more sharing space. his knowledge he's we've talked about it time and time again and yes. you've seen it on every broadcast that rondo is such an intellectual basketball player and he shares that basketball iq with his teammates he's telling players where to go he's telling players which passes are good passes which passes are bad passes and things like that another reason why he's averaging eight assists per game um i think that turnover ratio for them is huge which is why they're third in the nba um in assists another thing that is working so well for the pelicans is the pick and roll it's kind of like a pick your poison type thing you know Mm -hmm. it's okay do you want to take rajon rondo off the dribble or do you want him to pass it to ad and who's going to make the defenders pay you know it's it's honestly a pick your poison type thing and they're so they're they're so effective at it right but now. Something we haven't paid attention to either is that we've seen a lot of our guards get into the paint. That exactly. Same way. Yeah, exactly. That same exact and way. they can pull up so yes. they can come off the screen. The, they draw two defenders and then they lob it to AD. Or if they're worried about AD, the defenders both go with AD and our guys are either pulling up or going to the basket. I think they're being so effective at the, at the pick and roll and it's, it's working for them. Well, to, I don't want to, you know, sell the Trailblazers short because, like we said, they are a good team. They're in the third seed for a reason. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to, so I'm going to say that I don't think this is going to be a sweep mm-hmm. on either side. Right. I do think this is going to be a very competitive series. Probably one of the best we may see because they they match up very well against each other. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm calling it in six games. <laughs> I agree. I would agree with that. Um, you know. Damian Lillard has not played he's played well against the Pelicans but he hasn't played exceptional he was he's seven of 30 on threes with the Pelicans Um, and the Pelicans are doing so well on defense right now holding their opponents to 44 percent shooting since March 1st which is third best in the NBA so you look at guys like Drew Holiday who's you know should be the make the NBA NBA all defense team you look at AD who is affecting everyone's shot you look at Rondo who's so intelligent on um in his in his defense what what game was that where he had he came up with the big steal was that oh, that was the one against the Warriors yeah the Warriors yeah he yeah. just so effective on defense and they they're just in this mindset right now of getting stops and making them pay on that offensive end. It's at the it's end good of the basketball. day, they also have this underdog factor because they know people aren't looking for them to go to the second round. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, they're trusting and believing in themselves, mm-hmm. and that's all that matters. They made it this far when people were saying they weren't going to even be anything into the playoffs. So it's going to be exciting. I hope you guys are tuning in tonight. It's going to be fun. So when we return from the break, we'll be talking to Fox Sports New Orleans host Aaron Hardigan about the first round of playoffs a little more. Stay tuned. In 1907, Dixie Beer was a balanced, refreshing lager, brewed with love and top quality ingredients. It would grow to become something that connected us, the neighborhood beer of every New Orleans neighborhood. And now Dixie is back to that 1907 recipe, original and reinvented just like its hometown. Visit DixieBeer.com to learn more and always drink Dixie responsibly. Dixie Brewing Company, New Orleans, Louisiana. Boom! Now Uber takes you couch to courtside at the tap of a button. Heading to a Pelicans game? Uber helps you pass on the parking and focus on the fun. 
And if you're still an Uber rookie, you can get $20 off your first ride with code PELICANS18. Uber, a proud partner of your New Orleans Pelicans. having me on slash putting up with me this morning. <laughs> How cool. I love that I love that they're finally letting you two have the reins on black and blue report. So I'm thrilled to be here. There you go. <laughs> okay, so Aaron, we are so excited about the Pels being in playoffs. I know you are too. Let's talk a little bit about this Portland matchup. What are you thinking about it? Are you excited? Do you think it's gonna be tough for the Pels? I love it. That's why we had. That's why uh, Pels had to win Wednesday night. We wanted Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing uh, though we split the season series with them at two games apiece this season, we did have their number, and it does favor the Pels. And here's the thing: I'll just put it plain out. I- I'm going to take the 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 winner of five straight, and and the team coming in 14 games over 500, which is a high water mark for them, over a team that's lost five of the last seven here before that. You know, win over a tired Utah squad Wednesday. For the Blazers, you know, when you look at these two teams and and kind of the what have you done for me lately approach heading into this series, Pels are red hot. They're peaking uh, at the right time, and uh, they obviously have the depth that I'm sure we'll we'll be getting into. But um, definitely favor the Pels in this matchup, so looking forward to it. So obviously we know Portland has Damian Lillard. They have C.J. McCollum. They have Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkic, yes. Um, So what do you think needs to happen in order for the Pelicans to contain those three? Nurkic, Jokic, Jokic. We got them all. All of them. (laughs) Hey, I don't care how you spin his last name. There is not a big that can match up with Anthony Davis uh, in this series. AD, and and you mentioned it, Lillard. AD and Lillard are going to have their way in this series. Mm -hmm. They're superstars. They're all-stars. They're future Hall of Famers. Um, they're going to get theirs in this series. The difference is um, AD has more help uh, offensively. You know, Dame's number two option in C.J. McCollum, he's struggled this season against New Orleans. Um, and I, I predict that to continue. And so I guess the, the, the trick is when defending those two, if you know Dame is going to get his, you, you can't necessarily stop both of them. You can't stop Dame Lillard, but you can contain him. But if you can at least take one of the two away, uh, I mean, because they are. They, I mean, together, you know, they're they're a top three backcourt in the NBA behind Steph and Clay, and of course uh, Harden and CP3. But um, for some reason in this series, the Pels drew Holiday. You know, has been able to to slow CJ. So I see that continuing. And again, as I mentioned, the difference is AD has more help. You know, AD has the option of you know Drew's his number two, who's having a career season. You have Nico Mirotic, who is, like, in my mind, the second-best trade in franchise history behind, of course, Boogie Cousins last season. Mm-hmm. You know, and you got Rondo. you got a veteran in Rajon Rondo with a championship ring setting those guys up. you got Darius and Ian coming in off the bench. I mean, this Pels team is hitting on all cylinders right now. And so if you can go into the series knowing that, you know, you're not going to stop Dane Lillard, but you can stop C.J. McCollum, and there isn't a big on the floor, Aminu, Nurkic, I don't care who you throw at AD, no one's stopping him. I just think the numbers, the depth, 
um, favors New Orleans in this series. Now, something we haven't really talked too much about is that, you know, they start this series in Portland with the time difference. And, yes, they left yesterday, so they're getting acclimated to the time difference and everything. But realistically thinking, they're going to be playing a little later than what they're normally used to as far as – I mean, I know they've done it all season traveling to the West Coast. But do you think that's going to be a factor going into the series? I'm glad they left yesterday. I'm really – because I know just in talking to different, you know, former players, analysts that, you know, we've all worked with, it's it's – that's a tough trip. Yeah. <laughs> they, they all say Portland is a tough place to get to, and I know you two know that as well. And so I'm glad they're allowing themselves enough time to kind of adjust to the the time difference and and um, kind of get acclimated with um, you know just the the kind of get get some rest, you know, because I think you know again this team is peaking at the right time, but you also need to make sure like we're healthy heading in and whatnot. So anyway, I like that they left yesterday, um, but this team, you know. They have thrived on the road this season. Like, I've actually preferred them on the road versus home, which is crazy to say, I know. And I love them at home because they got their peeps behind them, right? But um, this team has this, like, us-against-the-world mentality when they are away from home. And I feel like, and again, a little inside, like, in talking to some analysts and even in talking to, like, Coach Del Harris, who's been on the show with us, he's mentioned that he actually, as a coach, preferred being on the road as well because you're able to kind of wrangle your team so to speak, more so, you know, you don't have the distract the at-home distractions that you do. You know, when you're on the road, it's more of like, you know, you, you're kind of, you're tighter knit, you're doing more together, you're able to kind of focus in, blinders on, so to speak. Um, and so he said as a coach, he actually preferred kind of being away from home and some, and, and, and players have, have kind of felt that way as well. So I think, I mean, these guys are going to be ready. I, I see them splitting the series in Portland. Um, I got, I mean, I got Pels in six. I'd like to see them get it at home, obviously, on that in that sixth game. But um, I don't know. I've, I, I, I have not worried. You know, they have like the what fourth best road record in the in the league. I mean, it's so it's you know, I, I just think um, time zone difference, road, whatever. I mean, I don't think that's going to matter. I think if anything, they're going to embrace that challenge. And uh, I mean, you're in the playoffs, and and and. and Contrary to like you know what happened in 2015, like they're not just happy to be here this season. Like they're they're here. Like they they it's not just one and done for them this year, right? Like they they truly believe they can get this series and see a round two. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, Aaron, we don't want to you know keep it so boring with the, just an interview. We want to have a little fun with you. We hopefully I haven't chased our listeners away. No, Absolutely no, not. of course not. <laughs> So we've come up with a few team superlatives. You know, it's the end of the season, so we well, regular season. So going into the playoffs, we just wanted to have a little fun. And we've come up with a few best, you know, like as far as like how a yearbook would do. Um, so let's do it. Get your, get your mind right. It. Get your mind ready, okay? So best dress. Now, I'm personally going to go with before games, like what, we, what I see when they come in because I'm usually the one capturing them for social media. And I'm gonna go with girl. I'm gonna go with DeAndre Liggins because out of everybody, he's the one that's always dressing up. <laughs> really? Yes. Liggins, that's that's a dark horse. Would not have expected that. Yes, he's. Always- um. Gosh, I don't know. See, yeah, you get to see that. You know, you see them more often, kind of when they're coming in. Right. Um. You know what? Okay. So so from what? So so from best dress maybe on the bench, you know, through injury. Ian Clark <laughs> kind of surprised me with some of his outfits, right? Like yes, when he was yes. when he was sidelined with injury. 
Um, he kind of he brought it on the sideline. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Ian Clark for that one. Okay. But Ligon, that's that's a that's a that's a surprise, a pleasant surprise though. <laughs> So for me, it's kind of a toss-up between DeMarcus Cousins and mm. Frank Jackson. Mm, so Frank Jackson's yes. more like my style of like casual but dressy. But DeMarcus Cousins, when he came in, he was always like the one player that dressed up while everyone yes. was in like sweats True. and stuff. Like he had his, you know, classic outfits and little like <laughs> overnight bag or whatever they call it. I don't know, but it was pretty funny. Yes. She's right oh, there. Okay. Frank, does. Frank has brought it this season. Frank yeah. has made sure he, he, he is. He's dapper on the sidelines for sure. I like that. Okay, let's just make that a shared one then. Yeah. <laughs> a few of them have more style than we think. <laughs> okay, so on to the next, and I think we'll all agree on this one. <laughs> Easy. Best hair. I mean, well, can it be, can it be like Drew currently? Because I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I was feeling the braids. As superstitious as I was, I don't know if I was feeling the braids. Did you um, s- I like I like the curl, right? Like Drew with the fro is like the Drew we know, right? Well, I think it is just he's one of the ones who changes his hair so much, so you you have no choice but to like, okay, did we, you guys we're gonna get from him today? Did you guys see the graphic that someone made like different hairstyles and what Drew's shooting percentage was with yes. different hairstyles? It was like when he has two braids with the sweatband, he's forty eight percent. He averages five turnovers with he when he has uh, cornrows, he's shooting thirty five percent and one turnover. It was so funny. No, it was. Perfect. I lo- I love that because I'm a big believer and like I'm super obviously, which is why, like, Nico Miritich needs to never grow a beard again, type thing. <laughs> uh, but, yes, I'm, I, this is the Drew we know, and he is playing, again, having a career year, we keep it, we keep the throw. I, I'm going Drew. See, I, you mentioned Miritich, I kind of went, like, different with this vote. I did best lack of hair, because oh my Miritich, oh, okay, listen, I Miritich has gone from 37% with the beard behind the three-point line to 48% without mm-hmm. the beard like that is a big difference a so big i'm gonna jump. say back best lack of hair <laughs> well it was perfect Ooh, timing. i like it it was perfect timing after the ad prank when everyone thought he you know yeah. shaved his unibrow but instead it was miritage with a whole new look looking like a completely different person no i do, do i i mean i dig it i think i mean i think it's so funny. Doesn't Miritich look completely different, though, completely without a beard? Different. He looks, and now we're commenting on it. Yes, he looks like someone on, like, a JV basketball team. Like, he doesn't look – he looks like a high schooler. He doesn't look like a professional athlete. It's so funny. I definitely because was Because he looks like he's fresh out of Harvard Law School. Yes. And I was like, what? So, yes. So clean shaven. <laughs> it's so funny. And I remember the first day, I, I couldn't stop laughing. And he was like, you're laughing at me. I'm like, no, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at the fact because, like, all the reporters were in so much shock about his uh, beard being gone. So it was like all the questions were about that. And I, it was hilarious to me. All right. Best- I think people, you know what's funny is people question whether that was, like, a superstition with him. What were you guys hearing? Because a lot of people were like, oh, maybe he just decided to shave it. And I'm like, he just decided to shave it for the first time in four years? No, that doesn't happen. Like, it was it was a mental – and you guys know this as yeah. well as anyone with an athlete. I was trying to explain to some of our viewers that sometimes you just – like, when I was in a slump, I had to change – even if it was the smallest thing, like what I ate for breakfast or how I put my socks on, like the smallest thing. It was a mental thing more than anything. Yeah, I think he was just looking for anything to change to get out of his slump, and so that's what he came up with, and, hey, it worked. So whether he wants to put a penny in his shoe or shave his beard, whatever works. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so on to the next, Caroline. Most likely to posterize? (laughs) 
I, I mean, I think oh, we're all going to vote like, AD. Yeah, that's obvious. <laughs> By the way, his behind-the-back lob from Rondo the other, oh I mean, was that gosh. not... I mean, he is just, he's hes had some, like, humanly impossible dunks this season. It has been, hey, and we're we're in for more in this series because, like I said, there is no one that can match up with him. So we, we're in for a show when uh, when Rondo's on the floor with us. I really think, yeah, it's going to be entertainment at its best because they're going to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget, hashtag AD for MVP. <laughs> Throw that in there. Hey, hey, girl, the way he shouldered this team after Boogie went down, they weren't supposed to be here, right? Right. That's what the national media said, at least. Right. They weren't supposed to be in this position, and, and here we are. And, and what did he – he sweeps, like, you know, he swept, like, what, February, March, April, Western Conference player of the yes. the month honor. So, yes. hey, I still – he's very much in the conversation. I think I think we'll be invited to, to the uh, awards ceremony, the top three. I think he'll be there this year. Oh, nice. Aaron, who do you think is the best dancer on the team? Ooh, I mean, you know, because you watch like you watch so many other teams, like Russ Westbrook always, mm-hmm. you know, doing his thing. Right. And, but it's like I was like, do we have like Shaq tries? <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. Is, do we have like best celebratory? That's actually dance my vote. That's like, actually my vote. Okay, is Shaq. Like, okay, but what you guys don't remember is the one that always has dance fever during warm-ups is Drew. Yeah. He's always dancing. I mean, we have gifs of him doing his dances. Like, it's his thing. <laughs> but I think because I'm such a corny and awkward dancer that I, like, relate with Czech. Like, I'm like, yes, you have long limbs and you don't know what to do with them. I can relate. Okay, so he's the best. Okay, so Sha- I'm going to pick Shaq for best, like, celebratory, like, moves, but Boogie, I mean, come on now, Boogie Cousins. Yeah. Boogie's been dancing since he was at Kentucky. That's like, true. he and Wall, that was, like, they kind of started that whole, what was, what was the thing? It was, like, the, like, the, Cindy, Cindy might know, like, the, the, the fifth in. Oh, the John the Wall. They did the John Wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John Wall. John Wall. I wish there were cameras in here to catch us because we both just did it. I like climbed a mountain with my brother when I was younger and I think when that came out I was probably like in the uh, in high school or something and I did John the John Wall at the top of the mountain and I have a video of me just awkwardly standing on top of the mountain <laughs> oh and doing God. the John Wall. That was and he and Boogie. That was like their thing. And I was also very impressed. I was I was I was impressed, and I was also relieved to see that Boogie still had his dance moves without crutches the other night in his boot. He 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 still got it. So um, <laughs> that pop. was a sigh of relief for us to see. Had a little body but, roll. Uh, it was cool. Side, side note: How cool was it to see him in the locker room with the guys celebrating? There? I mean, he was just as excited as as everyone else. That and cool. I don't know if you know this, but. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins is actually going to be with the team in Portland. He yeah. traveled out there, I think, on his own yesterday, and so he's going to be with the team in Portland. So that'll be cool too. That, yes, Nancy. Um, Nancy had coached him in Sacramento, and she had actually she spoke with Rondo the other night, and, and Rondo mentioned both he was going to be up there. And and you know what? Nancy had proposed that idea a couple weeks ago. She was like, I think he needs to be with the team. Because it's one thing, he's such a vocal leader with this group, especially with AD, he knows how to light the fire under him, right? Right. But it's like Nancy always said, it's one thing hearing it from the coaching staff and Alvin, and another thing hearing it from a teammate. So she was, and here's the thing, like, he he contributed to that, you know, he he played just as large a role as them being in this position here. Definitely. Um, So, yeah, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled that he's going to be back with the group. Yeah, well, I'm guessing we'll be seeing him in New Orleans, too, when they come back. 
Yeah, so we'll be seeing dance moves. We'll yes, be seeing more yes, dance moves. Hopefully more celebratory dance moves in the locker room. Right. <laughs> well, Erin, thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun. We had a great time with you, and obviously you're welcome to join us anytime you like. <laughs> I prefer the fun stuff. Tell my guy Doug. I want I want more fun with, with you two on this podcast. People don't need me droning on about stats and, <laughs> and whatnot. We can talk poop, but... Uh, I enjoy, I enjoy the, the lighter side with you two, and um, I'm, I'm thrilled that you two are um, getting a shot here at this Black and Blue Report. I think you guys are going to, um, you know, you guys are going to kind of take it to another level. So thank you for having me on. Appreciate it so much. Thanks, Aaron. When we return, we're going to turn our attention to football, and we're going to talk to Casey Phillips, the team reporter for the Buccaneers, to discuss their seventh pick in the draft. Stay tuned. It's playoff time, New Orleans, and the Pels are doing it bigger. Be sure to get in now for season tickets for the 2018-19 season and take advantage of the perks that come with your Squad 6 membership, like VIP events, special access, and a whole lot more. Season tickets start at $550. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com for more info. New Orleans Pelicans, do it bigger. In. I'm Caroline Gonzalez here with Casey Phillips, the team reporter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the seventh pick in the first round of the 2018 draft and seven picks overall. Casey, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you guys? Great. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Casey, I'm curious. So there's been a lot of talk about the secondary for the Bucks. Who is it that most has stood has stood out to you the most in this draft class? In this draft, ca- oh, in this draft class. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay, get it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know that there's there's one guy in particular. I know that a lot of the names that are floating around are you know Ward and Fitzpatrick and guys like that, Derwin James. Um, I think that. Any of those guys seem like they have tremendous upside and, and could be some pretty good fits. Um, I think that it's also a, a draft that, that could be a little bit deeper at those positions where you don't really know if that's going to be the seventh pick. I know that you're right in the, in, the, in terms of secondary being an area that a lot of people are saying that the Bucks are, are going to make some moves in the draft. But, um, you know, we, we pay so much attention to that first pick when, you know, we've seen – uh, Jason Light and his crew be really good in those mid rounds. I mean, guys like Quan Alexander coming in later that um, you could really see this be a position that maybe even multiple picks uh, go towards the secondary, especially when so much was done on the defensive line, which was the big area that I think everyone was saying, you know what, I'm sure the Bucks are just going to go crazy on that D line. But now they've made a lot of moves. And something that uh, Jason Light said at the owners' meetings actually was that when he was asked, if all the moves that they did on the D line would actually give them more flexibility in the draft. And he said, I, you know, it definitely adds flexibility. I don't know if it changes who we will draft, but it does give us some flexibility. So I think that um, the secondary is that group that we didn't see a lot of movement in the off season. So a lot of people are assuming that means they feel confident they could make some upgrades in the draft. Other than the D-line and secondary, what are some other positions that you think they should address, even at the first for your first round pick? I know running back is a position that you guys need to address, averaging 96 yards um, last season. So what is what is something that you think you should address in the first round? Right, I think that um, the, the number seven overall pick is going to be less about a need that the Bucks have and a little bit more about 
who ends up being there, that the Bucks are at a, a really intriguing position, um, largely because of the game against the Saints, uh, where <laughs> the difference in pick five versus pick seven has proven to be a pretty big deal here as you talk about the idea of a lot of people think that three quarterbacks could go in that first bit of picks and then you end up with potentially the Bucks being just out of what people are calling the three quarterback and then the three main guys of, of Barkley, Nelson, and Chubb. So I think really it's going to come down to are there some trades up? How many quarterbacks go before the Bucks pick if one of those guys falls? I do think you could see running back be their pick at seven if, of course, if Barkley's there. I think everyone would be freaking out excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it's, it's more about if one of those three guys is not there, then either it's you know someone that they are just as excited about and confident about or – you know, Jason Light had also said that if, you know, a lot of QBs go and, you know, one of those three guys is there, great, you know, a positional player they'd be, you know, really excited about. But he said they're not ruling out moving up or moving back at seven or even in later rounds as well. He said that the trades up and back are not out of the question, that they've they've got all things on the table here. So if they stay at seven, it either probably means, you know, one of those guys they're really excited about has fallen, in which case a Barkley, a Chubb, or a Nelson – is there or they are just as excited about some of those other people that have been mocked to them. But I also think there's a big chance that they could move up or move back. Running back to me seems like one of those positions that they have been very excited about its depth. So I don't know that it's a, you have to go there with the pick seven. I think it's one where in the second or third rounds, there's still some guys that they are very excited about who could be there. We often talk about the top names we hear going into this draft class, but are there any like sleepers I would say that the Bucks have their eyes on? Oh man, putting me on the spot there. <laughs> I, well, that's, a, that's a question for some of our, our personnel guys in terms of what you'd even call a sleeper. Right. Um, but I really, I do think that it's more about a, a positional thing later in the draft where, you know, Jason Light had talked about the idea that this draft does match up well with the Bucks' needs. And you always hear the debate about the need versus the player itself, yeah. you know, best available versus need. And really the answer is always both. You're never making a pick based solely on one or the other. So I really think that the sleeper idea is going to just mean that it's a guy that hopefully ends up being like a Quan Alexander where it's a later round pick that ends up being able to perform at a first-round pick level. And that's what they've proven that they've been pretty good at recently. And I can see that being a running back, a secondary member, someone like that that gets picked up a little bit later in the draft that really could make a big impact on this team because of both need and when you're getting a really good value later on. We talked a little bit about the secondary situation. Now you have veteran cornerbacks Brent Grimes, and then you also have Vernon Hargreaves. How do you think that a, cor- a corner coming in will benefit having them as their vets? Yeah, I think Brent Grimes is a amazing guy to be able to uh, mentor and learn from. That he is someone who matches incredible athleticism. Like he's almost this this funny like legend around here, where you hear stories of what he does in the weight room and on the practice field and these box jumps where he's like jumping over the roof. Like it's just crazy. Um, so he pairs that, but it's not, he doesn't just rely on that. You can tell he's a guy that knows how this league works and is very smart about when he chooses to time, you know, his jumps and his coverage where he likes to make big plays, but you don't really see him gambling too much, which is I think something that can be an important lesson for those rookies coming in who want to make the big splash play but you're also trying to balance that with good tackling form, not giving up big plays as well. So 
he's a perfect guy to come in with that. And, and Vernon Hargraves, we're really excited to watch him be able to come back healthy, come off that injury. So I think those guys, and then there are even guys, you know, like Ryan Smith and, and some other guys on the roster that I think can, can impart some important lessons on coming in, being thrust into situations and, and how to learn to be a professional in this league. So I think that any secondary member that would be brought in uh, could potentially have some really great guys to learn from and some great examples. And of course you have Mike Smith leave the defense and, and who better to have than that. He's been around this league and has really shown that he knows how to take this defense and do what it needs to do. So Casey, I've uh, had a frog in my throat the last two questions, so I'm going to try to get this one out clean. But you said that uh, during during the combine, you would most want to participate in the gauntlet drill. So I'm curious how many <laughs> balls out of the seven balls you think you would be able to catch? Oh, seven, of course. Of I course, mean, right? You know, like that's the attitude in the NFL, right? You're the best <laughs> until proven otherwise. So uh, yeah, I actually, when I worked for the Rams, got to try my hand at the jugs machine which was um, terrifying. <laughs> it's so much faster than you anticipated being. And I, I planned on standing to the side so that if I missed, the ball just went past me, and then they made me stand directly in front of it. So that was apparently the key, was knowing that I either caught it or I died. And so I didn't drop any of them. So apparently under pressure when it is either catch the ball or get your head taken off, <laughs> I'm good to go. So that's the attitude I would go into the gauntlet with, and I think I got it. <laughs> See, I think I would be able to catch seven, but as soon as they change direction at the end, I feel like my legs would just go Bambi mode and get, like, tangled up, and I would just fall over when they, like, oh, do yeah. that, that, like, quick little yeah, change of direction at the, the end. The direction, yeah. I, I do think the idea of having to look back and forth over and over, like, you'd be yeah. sort of disoriented by the end of it. Like, that's the part I think people probably underestimate is having to look right, look left, look like – that by the end, I feel like your equilibrium would be so thrown off. And yeah, I think that uh, catching would no longer be the problem and just running could, could prove to be the problem. <laughs> and you don't know if you can trust the passers, right? You don't know if they're going to throw it at the perfect time or that anything part. like that. <laughs> right. So if I dropped it, I would just blame it on them, clearly. Exactly. That's, that's the way to do it. It wasn't the perfectly thrown ball. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us today, Casey. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to see what you guys do with your first round pick and all of your picks. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate no it. Thank you. All right, be sure you tune in to the 2018 NFL Draft coming up in about two weeks here to see what the Bucks do with their number seven pick. Cindy, free agency. It's still going on. Still going, and the Saints have finally addressed an issue that everyone was waiting for. Yep. Adding another receiver. They recently signed Cameron Meredith to the team. He's young, coming from the Chicago Bears. And he honestly is kind of like a similar matchup to Michael Thomas. So that's going to be interesting to see them both line up together. Yeah, he has kind of the same build. I mean, obviously it's the wide receiver build, but he's six foot three, 207 pounds. He was a go-to option for the Bears in 2016. He had two back-to-back 100-yard performances in um in uh, the 2016 season, he's just going to be a really great asset for the Saints and I think another great option for Drew Brees. And obviously we're never going to decline anybody who can help our team grow because <laughs> we're looking for bigger and better next year. Super Bowl, right? That yep. is the goal. You know, we came a little short this last season, but I think the moves that the Saints are making in free agency are definitely going to help move forward for next year and then going into the draft, it's they're really setting themselves up to really not have to worry about picking out a necessity but picking best available at that spot. Yep. I think another thing to note about Meredith is that um, 
he was injured in a 2017 preseason game. He tore, he was hit low. Um, he was hit, he was tackled low and he ended up tearing his ACL and MCL. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't play for the season, but he's been rehabbing since the preseason games last year, which were last August. So we're coming up probably on about a year ish, you know, Mm -hmm. eight, eight ish, eight ish months. So he's been rehabbing for all that time. And, uh, I'm excited to see what he does. I mean, when you're injured for that long, I was injured in basketball and the whole time you're just so yep. eager to get back. You yep. know, you're, you, you fine tune your skills. You're like, okay, I'm ready to get back out there. I'm ready to do some damage. So it'll be interesting to see that mindset he comes back with and it'll be back with the saints. So I'm excited. He's very confident that he's going to be ready to go week one. So I don't think the injury is something that he's worried about. I think he's done all he needs to do as far as rehabbing and still doing going to continue up until the season comes. But he, in all his interviews he's done and whatever, he's been very confident that he'll be ready to go week one. So we shall see what happens. Make sure you guys tune into NewOrleansSaints.com to listen or read up on his interview. Yeah, he's going to have an interview with the New Orleans media today around 1230. One of the things that is going to be addressed during that time is how, excuse me, how he's going to feel coming back to his wide receivers coach, uh, Coach Curtis Johnson. He played with Curtis Johnson in 2016 when he was with the Bears and with when Coach CJ was with the Bears, he had his best season during that time. Um, So I kind of am interested to see those things that CJ taught him or instilled in him that were so impactful um, to have him have that such a great season. Well, that just makes it easy for him to come in to this team because he already knows how coach CJ is. He's going to fit right into his scheme of everything because, he, you know, you, once you know your coach, your coach doesn't change much. Right. He got hired for a reason, not to change his, you know, methods, but to bring his methods to the team. So I'm sure it'll be an easy fit for Cameron. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, we're almost back to uh, football. Yeah, you know it's yeah. almost football time. We're talking. We've been talking about Pelicans, and obviously that's top of mind right now. But yeah. also the Saints players are coming back Monday. this week. This week, yeah, Sunday and Monday they'll be in the weight room. Um, well, Sunday is their first day that they're allowed to be in there. So but Monday is the official is the, return date of, for OTAs. Right. Now we already know that's optional training, but. Majority is it really them, optional? <laughs> it's like one of those, it's optional, but you better be Quote here. Unquote, Unless yeah. you're just one of those veterans that have, like, grinded out and put your time in. And, you know, you're just, you don't really need to be there. But even those, I like to see those vets come in because it sets a good example for your younger players that, you know, every moment with the team counts. Right. So I think it'll be fun to see them around the facility, you know, mm-hmm. getting back to their, getting ready for their season. Um I'm pretty sure they're excited. Yeah. Hopefully we can get some of them in here since they'll be around now and, you know, maybe join our podcast one of these days. Yeah, I think it's it'll be a good opportunity for the the Saints coaching staff to kind of see what they've been doing in the offseason. I know ever since LeBron James posted himself working out, I feel like it's been a new trend that all the um, professional players, I'll say, that have been posting themselves work out. Um, so we know they've been working out because we see it every second of Saints every day on social. <laughs> on social. But um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much that has affected their strength and performance and all that stuff. I'm trying to think the one I've seen go the hardest on social. 
I would have to say has been Marcus. Marcus Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcus Williams has definitely been the best. Did you see the video he put out when of his of the video against the Vikings? Yes. I, I thought that was amazing. It was very like I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let this moment define who I am as a player as he shouldn't. He had a phenomenal year. Mm-hmm. One mistake does not determine does not you know, define your type future. Of player, yeah, the type of player you are. So, he's always been a hard worker since you know, I've been here to see him play, so it'll be exciting to see him going into this year. Like Coach Payton said, I hope he's not overworking himself. Yeah, <laughs> if you haven't seen the video, you should go to um, Marcus's Twitter. I don't have the Twitter top of mind right now, yeah. but um, it's a video where he posts the game film from the Saints versus Vikings um, game playoff game and it shows him missing the tackle obviously and then it transitions into him and how hard he's been working out over the off season and things like that so it's kind of just a statement of you know I understand that I made a mistake but it's not going to define my future which is awesome because I feel like every time he tweeted or put anything on social media someone someone would comment back and it was so obnoxious it was like yes he gets it stop trolling him right his um twitter is at Marcus Williams just his name very simple and yeah it's a very inspirational video to anybody that has like you know you're going after your dreams and you're gonna hit road bumps things are going to happen but you should never give up for sure what else have you been seeing on social well you know since we both you know you have a background in basketball Mm -hmm. as a college athlete and I, I played in high school we have a very very strong appreciation for the WNBA. Yeah. Well, so does Mr. Alvin Kamara. Yep. He was he was at the WNBA draft yesterday. Um, a lot of amazing women went into the WNBA. Did you actually see? Um, oh, I think it was Asia Wilson yes, who got um, the video from Blake Griffin, and she was like freaking out. Yeah. She was like, "Oh my gosh!" It was funny. Yeah, but. I follow Players Tribune, so she took over the Player uh, Players Tribune. Instagram story. Mm -hmm. So I was seeing her. She was like kind of taking her through her day and Mm -hmm. what she's done in New York. And then when she got drafted, it was like, I can't wait to see the results. And then they show she's like, I'm part of Las Vegas Aces. Like, you know, go team. So that is it's exciting. She had a very, very good year. Absolutely. Years, I guess, college career. So it'll be fun to see her in the WNBA. You guys watch the WNBA. It was cool to see Alvin there and supporting it because a lot of times you have such a negative connotation with female athletics and it's like unless they're playing volleyball you know and it's like a female only sport nobody really cares about it but um it was cool to see that women's basketball support because let's be honest the WNBA does not have nearly the the exposure that any of the other professional leagues have well seeing that how well the NCAA like women's tournament was Mm -hmm. I think that had definitely sparked you know some more interest because you've seen so many men tweet Mm -hmm. if you're not watching women's basketball because you say it's boring compared to men's like you don't know sports or you're not really you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and it's really you're just you're canceling it out because they're women Mm -hmm. immediately without even looking because that's some of the greatest competition it's right so there. fundamental it's it's not dunks it's not you know fancy which is exciting but it's yes, fun, it's, but... it's fundamental and these girls are doing so much with so little I mean I'm not gonna lie you know men are far more <laughs> athletic when it comes to that you know they can do more they can dunk the basketball they can jump way higher most of the time I don't know a lot of women can jump really high but it was cool to see um that support and for such a such a great league right and finally saints on social uh yesterday was mr ted ginn's birthday so we want to give him a 
happy belated birthday shout out. And then also he celebrated his anniversary as well that same day. So that's kind of cool getting married on your birthday. So yeah. happy anniversary. Easy and to remember the birthday. day, right? Yeah, you can't forget. You can't forget. That, that was smart, though. You, my birthday is our anniversary, honey. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget it. <laughs> Did you see uh, Alex Anzalone and AJ Klein go to the strawberry patch? Oh, yeah, with their, with their significant others. It was Very so cute. cute. They Very were picking cute. strawberries, um, big advocate for Louisiana strawberries. So I think they went to Albany, Louisiana and picked strawberries. So they looked really good. So and how far I want is them. That? I don't know. Honestly, I think it's, uh, I want to say an hour, but I could totally be wrong. I've only lived here for five years. We're so. both not, <laughs> yeah, I'm not from here. So I really don't know. This is only my, well, I've been here six months, maybe. Yeah, still, still fresh, you guys, still fresh. I've only been in New Orleans, <laughs> basically. Um, and then let's, you know, since we're getting on birthdays, let's give an early shout-out to Ryan Ramchek, whose birthday is tomorrow, Saturday. Happy birthday to him. And, yeah, that'll wrap up our Saints on social. Because, you know, that we can go on all day with these guys. but They do tweet a lot. All the time. But another thing that the Saints account tweeted out was the preseason schedule. It has oh, been released for 2018. Totally yep. How could you forget, Cindy? I mean, I didn't forget, I'm but, you kidding. know, I forgot to throw that in there. My bad. Saints on social wasn't over. My bad, y'all. <laughs> so the preseason schedule was released for the Saints. Um, the exact days, I don't believe, have been released, but the matchups have and whether it'll be home away. So week one, the Saints will play at Jacksonville against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Which I'm a little salty about because, like, why do we have to start our preseason away? But whatever. <laughs> You It'll know, just whatever. make the second game that much whatever. better. Um, week two, we play at home in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome versus the Cardinals. That'll be fun. Week three, we play um, at the Los Angeles Chargers, who I'm sure the uh, Saints will see in training camp and stuff like that. Yeah, Last year, they I, went up there. I so. think they might have the same plan to do the extra few days out there, joint training camp, and then they'll play their preseason game. So. I'm low-key hoping I get to go because that's <laughs> home, and I'm just trying to get a moment home right? Like a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> Speaking of home, our last uh, preseason game on week four is at home here at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome against the Los Angeles Rams. So that'll be cool. You know, they have some new additions, but that doesn't stop us. Some new additions yeah. for sure. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Still confident in us, though. I mean, can we just The say dome it? will be rocking. Is it okay if we just say it, Brandon? And Cooks be making his return back to the dome. Not, not like he hadn't already though, because when they played, you know, he came when they played the Patriots. Mm -hmm. But another, again, a new team, new atmosphere. It'll be, you know, it's always going to be that competitiveness because this was his first home. So mm -hmm. that will be interesting for sure. And then we'll keep a lookout for the regular season schedule to be dropping soon. Yeah, I think uh, we have something pretty exciting planned for that. Yeah. So make sure you go to NewOrleansSaints.com. Follow uh, New Orleans Saints on social media to check that out because we're coming up with some cool stuff for y'all. While we're still on the topic of Saints, tomorrow the Saints are having a yoga event um, in the practice Namaste. Facility. Yes, Namaste. Namaste for sure. at the Saints practice right. facility. Right. <laughs> so you guys should definitely check that out. It's in conjunction with Oshner. Um, it'll be a yoga session with, I believe there's going to be Saints players there or a player, one or the other. You guys should definitely check it out. It's, I think, $20 register. Go to NewOrleansSaints.com. All the information is there. You can register, join, whatever it is. Have fun. Find your inner self. I'm telling you, yoga's fun. It's hard. It's way harder than people think it is, but it it gets you right. It gets the blood pumping. <laughs> For sure. 
Okay, but back to these Pelicans. You guys know tomorrow is the start of playoffs. You guys can watch the game on Fox Sports New Orleans or ESPN at what time, Caroline? 9.30. I know it's late, y'all. But Take get your, your nap. Get your friends together. Cook. I get mean, it's some a, Dixie beer. It's a Saturday, so, like, you know, you can – it's it's the perfect time to stay up late. Let's mm-hmm. get it right. You watch the game, stay up late, then go out and have some fun with your friends. Watch party, do whatever you got to do, but make sure you're tuning in to cheer on our pals. We need all the support, like I said, we can get. And then also remember that playoff tickets are already on sale. If you haven't already gone to check it out, it's 504-525-HOOP and then pelicans.com. So Guys, I cannot stress this enough. Portland is in the top 10 in NBA average attendance per game since 2008. Every year they've ranked in the top 10 for attendance. So their arena is going to be absolutely packed. We need ours absolutely packed. We need to welcome these Pelicans players home. We need to encourage them in the playoffs. We need the bet the most support that y'all can give them so make sure you go online to pelicans.com and buy your tickets seriously though we need it just as loud as the dome was for the saints so let's get this going you guys also don't forget the saints trivia contest i hope you guys are doing it every day you have how many more days left caroline do you know i don't know off the top of my head but it's a pretty cool prize yeah very cool prize you get a two home tickets to every home game of the Saints season next year, every regular season home game, two tickets free, free, just to come to the game, every home game. Download got- the the Saint the New Orleans Saints app. It's easy. It's free. All you have to do is download the app, and every day, I think around noon, you'll get a notification that the trivia question has is up. You just go in, answer it, and, and you're entered for your chance to win. So make sure you download that and answer your questions every day. That's it for today's show. I'm so happy you guys joined us. We appreciate all the love. Till next time, I'm Cindy Robinson. And I'm Caroline Gonzalez. Have a good day, y'all. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.